0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, we're going to be in Second Kings chapter 2. We're going to do some skipping around here, but we'll begin reading in, in verse 1. 2 Kings 2, verse 1. And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and part of them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it. And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back And stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him. They said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So tonight I want to deal with um, something that something that has affected my life, and probably if you're here today, that it, it has affected your life as well. And that's the area of investment, and and it, and it really is a, a mindset, a mindset of investment. I want to see just a few things that we can learn from the life of Elijah and Elisha, and I think it'll be help to you as it was, as it was a help to me. So let's pray. God, I'm thankful to be in your house, and I'm thankful to be around your people, and and just the encouragement that. We can get from the singing and, and uh, even just in the last song that, that we have a friend in you and that we can take everything in prayer to you, God. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, that you can hear us and in that, in that uh, when it seems like we can't do anything but pray, uh, that's the best thing that we can do and, and you'll hear us. And, and I'm, I'm just thankful for that. I'm thankful for the encouragement that you give us uh, during the middle of the week. And I just pray that you'll speak to our hearts uh, through this passage and, and even if I just read the text Uh, that that would be enough for for you to convict somebody. And so I I pray you'll just uh, help me not to be a distraction, but I pray you'll speak through me, and I pray that uh, lives will be changed. We can come away making a decision for you tonight. It's in your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to get right into it. Um, If you've been in church very long, then I think you'd agree with this statement that a large majority of people when they drop out of church, um, that when they do drop out of church, they do so as a teenager. Most of the time, when they graduate high school, and a lot of times you, you don't see them again or you don't see them for, a, for, for some time. And I, I've always been interested in, in why this has happened because I've, I've grown up with teenagers. I've seen it too often growing up in, in my youth group. People that I grew up with um, are, are not in church anymore. And, and, and it's sad, it's sad to see. And it's, it's a widespread problem among Christianity as a whole. So I, I just want to give you a few statistics before we start in, to kind of see that this problem. So 64% of people who grew up in church have dropped out for a period of time or have never returned after having been active in church as a teen or a child. That's nearly two-thirds. Nearly two-thirds of, of, of teens or children who, who've grown up in church have left either for some time or, or for good. That, that number has increased from 59% in 2011 to 64% just two years ago. I can't imagine what that number's probably like right now uh, after, after COVID and, and everything that, that that revealed even in our churches. Um, but 61% of those that dropped out said that they dropped out either because they felt that church members were judgmental and hypocritical or, or they didn't feel connected to the people in their church. There are other other reasons mentioned, like going to college, getting a job, uh, disagreeing with the church's beliefs. There, there are several, several that were mentioned, but those two being being the main ones. You know, obviously these statistics aren't necessarily straight from obviously not straight from our church or, or necessarily churches in our circle, uh, but you cannot deny the fact that it is a problem in our, church, in our churches that there, there are way too many teenagers dropping out of church uh, for a time, getting into a lot of trouble during that time, or just dropping out of church altogether. If, if, you, if you, as an adult or even a teenager, think, think of your time as a young adult in church, if you grew up in church, and I'm sure you could think of, of several people who are no longer here, or you, you, you can think of teenagers that, that you've seen grow up in this church, that are no longer here, college-age people that are no longer here. No, it's sad. There, there are too many people that, that I can think of off the top of my head that I, that I have seen growing up in church that are, are not here. And, and one, one is too many. So how, how do we prevent this from happening? Why, why does this happen? Why, how, how can we keep te- more teenagers after, after graduation and, and keep them in church? I think this, this story from, from Elijah and Elisha can, can really help us as we, as we try to, to figure out that problem, but then also as we look at, uh, as we look at in- investment. That, that's the mindset that I, that I, I think we need, we need to be in tonight. And I believe that if we will choose to invest in teenagers, invest in the young people of our church, then that's going to significantly, significantly decrease the number of dropouts, uh, of people dropping out from church is if, if we increase our investment, but there's also something that, that the teenagers need to learn as well, and, and something that, that I had to learn as a teenager. And so that this, this message come, comes from more, more of my own testimony and, and a testimony of, of my life and, and the people investing in my life and a decision that I made in, in high school. And um, so I, I just wanna give you a few things, a few things from this story, and, and this may seem extremely scattered, um, but it is it is what it is, and, and this is this is how the Lord Lord spoke to me through this. Um, but we're going to we're going to look at investment, the mindset of investment. So we're looking at Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah is is this prophet. Elijah was a prophet of God, and he, he got to do some incredible incredible things from the Lord for the Lord. And I, I can't go into all the, all the history behind Elisha or or Elisha. Um, but if you if you've been in church for a, a, A long period of time, you'd probably know about Elijah and heard about him. But Elijah was a successful prophet of the Lord. He'd given his life to the Lord to to do whatever he would have um, to do with it. Elijah was able to do some incredible things for the Lord. He he prophesied against King Ahab. He he raised a boy from the dead. He prayed to God for for fire to come down and consume the water on his altar, proving that God was the, the one and only true God and in the process, killing the 850 priests and prophets of Baal. He met God on Mount Horeb. He prophesied Ahab's death. That takes some courage. He, he called down fire from heaven to consume, to, to consume 100 evil soldiers who were sent to kill him. Talk about a guy who did some amazing things for the Lord, who, who God used in, in, a, in a wicked time in Israel. It was just a, a roller coaster time for Israel. But God used Elijah to do some amazing things. You may think, okay, there, there's, there's no way that I could be an Elijah or there's, there's really no way that, that God could use me like that. And obviously, we're, we're, not, we're not going to uh, call fire down from heaven and consume something on the altar. Uh, but God can use us in, in ways like Elijah. Because, you know, Elijah was not without his own struggles, his own doubts and discouragements. You know, Elijah faced some, some pretty serious doubt and discouragement because he, he was prophesying against um, um, Ahab and, and his wife and, and they, they wanted to kill him it wasn't necessarily a, popu- a popular thing to, to prophesy a- against the king and, and obviously this came with some doubt, some discouragement um, while serving the Lord but ultimately through, through it all then even through these hard times then Elijah was just faithful he, he was faithful to the Lord and he was faithful to what God wanted him to do and God used him in an incredible way to, to do some incredible things. So, Elijah was, so, so first, we see Elijah and Elisha. They, they're, they're here together. Elisha's an up-and-coming young prophet. And, and Elisha had come, had come to um, Elijah in, in 1 Kings 19. And so through this whole time, Elijah's been investing in Elisha and, and, and trying, to, trying to help him as, he's trying, as Elisha is trying to find his way on his journey to, to serve the Lord. So here, here is Elijah. He, he's investing in Elisha. But what made Elijah a worthy investor was because he was faithful to do God's will no matter the circumstances. Before we can ever start investing in others as adult Christians, we have to make sure that we are faithful to following God's will for our lives. From the big things all the way down to, to the little things, we we heard we heard about those things at the men's retreat, talking about the, the basic things of the Christian life. Are you faithful to God in, in the little things? You know, a lot of times we, we can we can focus so much on the big things of our lives to say, okay, you know, I, I'm I'm a Christian, yes, I'm willing to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. I'm you know I I'm I go to church. You know, that, that's that's a big thing. It's a big thing. I'm, I'm doing good. How how does it come to the little things? What happens when when we get down to the the nitty gritty? Are you faithful to to read your Bible every day? To get get what God wants from you from his word? Are you faithful to pray to the Lord and and seek his will for your life every day? Are you faithful to hiding God's word in your heart through scripture memory? Faithful to being a witness to your lost friends and your family at at your job, um, wherever it's at? Are you faithful to being at church every time the doors are opened? Are you faithful to at least give your tithe to the Lord? Do you give to missions or the, the building fund? These are all little things, basic things of the Christian life. And, and again, we were reminded at the ministry retreat: we've got to be faithful to the little things before we can ever expect to do the big things, before we can ever expect to, to invest in anybody, before we can ever affect change in someone else's life. Then we've got to work on the little things. And and as as I'm thinking about about teenagers and, and investing in teenagers, you know, many times they, they need help with the little things. You know, it, it's it's not always the big things. Sometimes the big decisions can be the easiest to make, but it's carrying them out. The little things that come on a daily basis, that, that's what they need help with. And, and we we've got we've got to work on it ourselves. But a, along the way, you're gonna struggle. Just like Elijah, the man of God that he was, the incredible things that he did, he still struggled. So you can't lie to yourself. You're going to struggle, and we all, we all struggle. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. You're going to struggle. Doubt and fear may creep in, as it did in Elijah's life. But as we heard on Sunday, we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord, and we can focus on the Lord, and he's going to take care of that fear. He knows what's going on. He's going to take care of us. We're, we're, we aren't going to be perfect, and we're going to fall. So did Elijah. So, so did King David, and, and so many other men in the Bible, men and, and women. But they repented, and, and they came back, and they remained faithful to the Lord, no matter what, no matter what it was, and God used them. So, so the, fir- the first thing that I want us to see is that we don't have to do all these incredible major miracles we don't have to do all these incredible things for the Lord. All we have to do is just be, be faithful. We just have to be faithful to the Lord, even in the, in, in the little things. Not, not just the big things, but the little things. So the first thing that you need to be, to be a good and worthy investor, you just have to be faithful to God's will for your life, no matter the circumstances. Be faithful. The second thing that we can see from, from Elijah Elijah was a worthy investor because he took time to invest in Elisha. We don't know exactly how long Elijah spent with Elisha, but as I mentioned before, it goes all the way back to 1 Kings 19, and some people suggest that it could have even been six years. So this is, this is a, a, a long-time investment from Elijah. That is a long time to spend investing in one person. It's clear, though, that that they had a close relationship because because of the way Elisha reacted when when he saw when he saw that Elijah was taken up, and that that he he would no longer have time with him, then Elijah rent his clothes. He mourned for him. You know that's you don't just do that for anybody. They were obviously close. They spent a lot of time together. You know Elijah was again a a big a big time prophet, and he he could have thought you know what. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big deal. I, I, you know, it's, it's really not, um, worth it. I'm a busy man. I've got things to do. What, what is this, what is this young little prophet going to, going to help me with? He's, he's, he's young. He, he, he doesn't, he doesn't know anything. You know, he, he could have, he could have said that. And, and I'm sure he had a lot of, a lot of better things to do than invest in, 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 a young prophet, but that didn't keep him from investing, because Elijah, Elijah still invested in Elisha. And we're going to see here in a minute that it wasn't, it wasn't always easy, and, and it's not necessarily probably always the thing that he wanted to do, but he still did it. He still invested. If you're going to invest in anybody, then it's going to take a significant portion of your time. If you want to make an impact on the next generation, it's going to take some time out of your schedule. I, I, I don't know how else to, to illustrate this, but, but to give my own... Testimony, how, how I've seen this um, in, in my life. So the people, the people that have invested in me, obviously the, the first major investment is from my own dad. You know, I, can, I can tell you right now that, that he is, that he was, and, and still is extremely, extremely busy. He's a very busy person. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, but that never stopped him from taking moments and little moments of in investment with me. Um, whether that was from working outside, doing projects outside. He, he was always, always wanting me to be out there when, when he was working, then I was with him, and he was taking time to invest in me. And then, and it, not just that, but, um, but every Monday morning as a teenager, um, he did this with my, with my older brother, Daniel. And then when Daniel moved away, then he did this with me as well, where on Monday mornings, we would go on a bagel trip. That's, that's just what, what we called it. It's not necessarily that we always got bagels, Um, but we, we went somewhere and got breakfast and, you know, sometimes we, we would just eat breakfast together. We'd talk about anything from OSU football, wrestling, basketball, any, any sports or, you know, sometimes it was more serious. Things like my walk with the Lord, girls, Miss Brielle. That's where Miss Brielle first came up. Um, but it, it didn't matter what it was. He was just there. He was just there, there to talk. And, you know, there are a lot of times where I, I had things on my mind, um, or I, I, needed, I needed something to change in my life. Um, I was too scared. I was too scared to, to say something about it, and he just confronted it, or, or he'd ask me, hey, how, how are you doing? How are you doing in, in this? How are you doing in that? And you know what? That, that's what it took. That's what it took for me to, to be able to come out, come out of my shell and, and explain it to him. Sometimes you just have to ask, and, and you know... Parents, it's okay to ask your children those things. And don't, don't expect them just to fess up to you because a lot of times it doesn't work like that. And, and, and te- teenagers don't, don't want to fess up. Um, but, you know, he, he could have done all these other things with this time on a Monday morning, the beginning of a week, of a very busy week. But instead, he, he, spent, he spent it investing in me, in my brother. Now, and I, I could say the same for my papa, always investing in me, work, working with me, teaching me a hard work ethic and, uh, and, and, and telling me hard things that I, I needed to hear. Um, but it, it was little moments. It wasn't always the big things. It wasn't always the, the, the vacation to Colorado or, or taking us to Branson to Silver Dollar City. It, it wasn't those things. It was the little moments, taking the time out of his day uh, to invest in me. Mom and dads, don't, don't take lightly, the, the little moments that, that you have with your, your, your kids, with your teenagers, because it can make a big difference. You know, it, it, can, it can affect a, a lot of change. You know, then, then I think of, of um, other people who, who have made a big difference in my life. I think of men in my church, like George Scott, who I, I mentioned before, he took me out to shoe horses, and, um, and he also, he also... Um, told me hard things and, and told me I needed to grow up and to learn how to work and and sometimes I, I just needed to hear that. Um, I think of dusty Rutherford who who took me out on bus bus visitation for years. I grew up under him, learning learning how to interact with people and he had such a passion and a heart for for the bus ministry and, and for bus kids. I learned so much from that, but it came from you know Saturday mornings in his car going and knocking on doors, little things like that I, I think of uh, other other men, so many other men just taking time out of their schedule to spend time with me. Um, obviously, the, the, the biggest influence outside of my dad and my papa has been pastor, who who is my youth pastor for, um, well, I guess my youth pastor for seven, eight years. Um, but who, who was in, in my life for, for 18 years at, there at the church. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times he just, he took time out of his schedule to let me help him at the church with music stuff. With doing projects around, probably, now, now, that, now that I'm a youth pastor, knowing he was giving me the things that he didn't necessarily want to do, um, because that's, that, that's what I do now. Um, but, but him just taking time out of his schedule to, to let me help him, and, and to work at the church, um, to, to just go do random projects, to go to a ball game with him, to go to Sonic, talking, me, talking with me when I was struggling with something, or just hanging out at his house. I can't tell you how many times I, I just spent time with with Pastor, um, and he just invested in me. Not not big, not big moments, not these big things, um, not even Sunday school lessons. Although I I remember I remember a lot of Sunday school lessons from him, but it was the little moments. i just hanging out, and and that made a huge difference in my life. I wouldn't be the man that I am today without without him and his investment. And that's one of the main reasons that that I. I wanted to be a youth pastor and a music director was because I saw a pastor and the difference that he made in my life and I wanted to do that for other people. I want to do it for, for these youth here. Um, because Jason Jett invested selflessly into my life. I'm thankful for that. Don't don't take don't take little moments for granted. Don't take investing time for granted. You know, adults in the room, please, 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 please listen to me. You have no idea. How much of a difference you can make in the life of a kid or a teenager if you just spend time with them, and again it doesn 't have to be some some ultra spiritual thing it doesn 't even have to be some big some big moment like the men 's retreat. It can be just a, a little moment of of investment and and also um, parents, please let other adults invest in your kids because if, if, if I just think to, to my parents if, if they hadn 't let um, pastor invest in me and in countless men in in the church invest in my life I would have missed out on a lot and it's not it's not that that um that I didn't need them they they gave me a lot and they gave me the, the majority of of what I am today but I would have missed out on a lot of other things if they hadn't allowed other people to invest in my life you know they they knew that that they didn't have it all figured out and that others could help fill in the gaps and I'm thankful I'm, I'm a better person today because of it. But how, how are kids and teenagers supposed to learn what it's like to be a godly Christian man, a godly Christian young lady, if there aren't people here at Eastside Baptist Church who are going to take time to show them, who are going to take time to invest in them? You know, it's easy to get frustrated at, at their behavior or, or to get frustrated wondering why they act the way they do, but... Why don't we just take time to invest in them and help them and show them, hey, this is, this is why you don't do that. This is why you should do this. There's, there's so, so much that, that can be gained from investment. But if we don't first be faithful ourselves to the little things and, and the big things as well, then, it, then it's no wonder that, that teens are, are, are going to think that we're hypocritical or that we're judgmental. If we if we don't take the time to show them what it's like to, to live a Christ-like Christian life, then they won't know what to do. No, no wonder they feel judged, because they, they won't know what to do. They, and, and, and it's like, um, they, they, they feel like they don't have a connection in the church, because we haven't taken the time to connect with them, to invest in them. You know, we, we, have, got, we have got to invest in, in our young people, and invest in, in the children of the church, um, but one time a year in a men's retreat or, or a, a ladies' meeting or, or whatever it is, one time isn't enough to, to invest in our teens. It's got to be weekly. Maybe, maybe even it's a daily thing. But we've got to do our part as a church to, to invest in, in our teenagers and seeing them become integral parts of our church, seeing them become disciples. If you're going to be a worthy investor, you've got to do it by being faithful to God's will in the little things and the big things and taking the time out of your schedule to to invest in others so we dealt we dealt with the adults with with the Elijah's in the room but but very quickly and, and I won't spend as much time on this um what role do you play as a teenager what what role did did Elisha play you know again I, I can't I can't spend as much time on, on this as I'd want to but Elisha spent time with Elijah, and and he learned as much as he could from him. It's clear from our text that that Elisha spent a lot of time with Elijah. And Elisha was was an up-and-coming prophet, and the Lord would use him in in an incredible way as well. But before he could do that, he needed to learn from his authorities, learn from the people who had been there before. And that's exactly what he did. And, And God blessed him for it. But Elisha... Elisha had to go through, go through some things before he could get to that point. Elisha stuck around even though it wasn't easy. If you look at verse two, we, we read it in 2 Kings 2, verse two. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And you look at verse four. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, Terry, here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And, and they, they went through, through several moments like this. And I'm sure that there were, there were times along the way that, obviously, Elisha didn't want to hear that. He, he wanted to learn as much as he could from Elijah. Um, I, I'm not sure why Elijah didn't necessarily want Elisha there for that moment. Um, but I'm sure that wasn't, wasn't e- easy to hear. It's not an easy thing to hear. But he stuck to it, and God blessed him for it. I'm sure along the way, there, there were things that, that Elisha told Elisha that he did not want to hear, things that he needed to change, and, and things that he would need to do to become the prophet that, that God wanted him to be. And, and teenagers, you, you've got to learn from the adults in this room. And, and I, I learned so much from, from the adults and, and the people in my life. But God, God has given them to you to help you grow in your Christian life. They've done the things that, that you are trying to do, so learn from them. But in, in, in that process, you know, some, someone is gonna tell you something that you don't wanna hear. Your parents are gonna correct you. There are people in this church who are gonna correct you, or who are gonna say, hey, why, why, are you, why are you acting that way? Don't, don't be dumb. Someone may say, stop acting immature. They may disagree with the decision that, 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 you, that you want to do. Um, and you need, to trust, you need to trust them, trust your authorities, because they, they've been where you've been, and they're trying to help you learn from their mistakes, and they're trying to help you learn from the wisdom that they have. Well, these are, they're all things that you probably need to hear, and, and I know there, there are many, many things that, that my dad told me that I did not want to hear, my papa, and he, still, still, my dad and my papa will tell me uh, things that I don't want to hear, and, I, and I'll, get, I'll get defensive, and, and I 'll I'll get frustrated for an hour or two, and then I come back and I'm like, "Ah, you know they were right that, that literally happened at family vacation the last time I saw them that It just happens, but you but you will be the better for it if you will learn to listen to the hard things you're going to hear hard things from your parents you're going to hear hard things from from me from miss from Brielle but're we're, tr- we're all trying to help you to to grow to be the Christians that, that God wants you to be you know i, I there, there, there were so many times where I was reprimanded by, by men in our church because I was doing some pretty dumb things. I was acting immature. I, I wasn't taking my, my relationship with the Lord seriously. And even even my, my role as a, as a pastor's kid. You know, I, I, had, I had deacons pull me aside and say, hey, you don't, you don't need to be acting that way because you're, you're reflecting as, as on your dad as the pastor. There, there, there were so many times where, where they told me things that I did not necessarily want to hear, but that's what I needed to hear, and that's what I needed to hear to change. And I'm so, so thankful they took the time to invest in me. So don't, don't take lightly the, the hard things that, that people are going to tell you. you know, it's, not, it's not easy to hear, but stick around. Stick through it, even though it may get hard. Don't be afraid to spend time with people that are older than you and learn from them. Even though it may not be easy, even though you're going to hear some things that you don't want to hear, Spend time with men and ladies in the church because you're going to learn a lot from them. You're going to learn so much and it will save you from a lot of headaches and a lot of regret in the future. Let people invest in your life. Give them time. It's okay to spend time with adults. I promise. And I'm so thankful, so thankful I did. There are many times that I I didn't want to hear um, pastor tell me that I shouldn't be doing this or that I shouldn't be spending time with these people or or, um, or th- this, this group of people. And if I hadn't listened to them, and, and there are times where I, I, did not, I did not follow my youth pastor's counsel or my dad's counsel, and I will tell you that that led to me being in, in a place that I did not want to be in my relationship with my parents and my relationship with the Lord. If you don't listen to your authorities, then you're going to miss out. And, 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 and it, it, won't, it won't be good. It, it will not be at all. And I think there's many people in the room who can attest to that. And there, there's, some, there's some things that won't even be necessarily spiritual, but that you need to take, take their life advice, their wisdom, and, and it will, it will um, God will bless you for it. But then lastly, the thing that we can learn from, from Elisha is that Elisha wasn't content just to watch Elijah's faith. He made it his own. Look at verse 14. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him, and bowed themselves to the ground before him. You know, Elisha could have been content with you know, just learning some life lessons from Elijah, or or just spending time with, with the prophet. You know, it, it, I'm sure it was a big deal for for Elisha to spend time with with this big big shot um, Elijah. I, I'm sure it was, and and you know what? He probably would have been content with with seeing the the miracles of Elijah because that would be incredible. I mean, if you saw some boy be be raised from the dead, that'd be pretty incredible. If you saw something. Um, if you saw water consumed by fire coming down from heaven and then seeing 850 um, false prophets just be destroyed, that'd be pretty cool. And, and that could be enough to uh, for Elisha to be like, okay, man, I, I've made it. This is, this is awesome. This is cool. But he wasn't content just to watch that. He wasn't content just to watch Elijah's faith. He, he wanted to have his own faith. He wanted to know the God of Elijah. He wanted the God of Elijah to become his God. Once he made that decision, and then became clear to others that this man has, has a walk with the Lord on his own. It wasn't just Elijah and Elisha, it was Elisha. It was God blessing Elisha. And I'll tell you, please, please listen to this teenagers. It is not good enough that you just come and, and sit around godly people. It's not good enough that you come and see awesome things happen at Eastside Baptist Church. It, it, it's not good enough that, that you have Christian parents. That you're from a Christian family. It's not good enough that you just you come to every church service. You're here. It's not good enough that you just wear a, a shirt and tie or, or wear a dress. None of that will mean a single thing unless you make the, the God of this church, the God of your family, the God of your parents, your God. Until you make the faith of your parents and the faith of this church real to you. It won't make any difference. And I'll tell you, the, the biggest decision, outside outside of my salvation, and probably the decision to marry Miss Brielle, the, the biggest thing that I could do was was a decision that I made at college days when I was 15 years old. And, and actually, Park Sutton was the one that was preaching. And he preached on this text. And, and he preached about making... Making your, making your parents' faith, your church's faith, your own. And I'd realized that the, I had gone as a pastor's kid uh, of, of Wayne Hardy, as, as the grandson of Dave Hardy. I'd gone around and letting that be enough. You know, I'd seen my, my dad preach some amazing messages. My papa preached some amazing messages. They put on the men's advance. They, they've done all these things. And I could be like, you know what? And I was. I was like, you know what? Being a Hardy, being saved... I go to church, I look the part, that's, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm doing good, I'm okay. But it wasn't until that college days that I realized that's all I'd been doing. It was all these outside things. It was all these things that I was putting so much weight on, my, on myself and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I've got my dad, my dad's a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor, um, th- this is great, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, I'm okay, I, I come to church, I wear a shirt and tie, I even go on outreach. You know, I, I pass out tracks. I'm okay. But I had been doing it for all the wrong reasons and I was so empty because there was nothing on the inside that said, I'm doing this for the Lord. This is mine. This is, I, this, this is not, I, I had to get to the point where I realized this is not going to be for my parents. This, is, this isn't my parents, this isn't my churches. This is my faith. I'm going to make the God of my parents, the God of my church, my God. It was going to be my faith. And I'm telling you, that's that's when the Lord really started to get a hold hold of my heart and really started doing things in my life when I decided that I wasn't going going to just live off my parents' faith. I wasn't just going to live off Elijah's faith. I was going to take it for me. I was going to take my faith. I was going to take on the mantle, and I was going to make my parents' God, my parents' faith, my faith. And God and God really started blessing after that. And, I, and then it was at that point that I could have a real walk with the Lord. If you as a teenager right now do not decide to make the God of Eastside, the God of your parents, real to you, then you're gonna to get to the end of your teenage years and you'll, you'll get to start making decisions for yourself. You'll realize that, that you get to make your own decisions and you're gonna have a, a really hard time coming up with a reason why you should stay in church why you should keep reading your Bible, because your parents aren't going to be there. This church isn't going to be there, and they're not going to be able to make decisions for you. You're the one that's going to stand accountable to God and answer for your actions. It's not going to be your dad. It's not going to be your mom, and it's not going to be pastor. It's not going to be me. You're going to answer for your own actions. You've got to make the God of your parents, the God of Eastside, your God. Make it real to you. The reason why people, so many people walk away from church and, and walk away from the Lord is because it was never them. It, it, it was never their God. It was never their walk with the Lord. It was always East Sides. It was always their parents. It was always their youth pastors. Don't let that happen. Don't, don't, get, don't get to the end of, of your years in the youth group and say, okay, I had a great time. I came to church. I came to outreach. I passed out tracks. We went to camp. We went to youth conference. We went to all these different things. You had a lot of fun, but that's all it was. Don't, don't let this just be something you do for your parents or for the church. Let it be between you and God. Decide tonight you're going to have a real walk with the Lord, not because of your parents, not because of your pastor or your youth pastor. Do it because of what God has done for you and the gift that he's given you in salvation. That's the most important decision you can make outside of salvation. That's going to be one of the most important decisions that you make is to make God be real to you and, and let it be your faith, not your parents' faith. So I don't, know, I don't know exactly how the Lord is going to use this in your life. I know how he's used it in my life and used people um, growing up in my life to affect to change in my life, people who invested in me selflessly. Maybe tonight there are some adults who, who need to commit to being a worthy investor, deciding to be, to be faithful to God's will, to their life, to the little things, so that they can invest in, in, in others and invest in, in teenagers and the, in the young Christians in our church. Or maybe teenagers, you need to decide that, that, you, that you are not going, that you're going to learn from the adults in this room. You're going to take some hard lessons. You're, you're going to learn to hear some hard things. And you're going to make the God of Eastside, the God of your parents, your God. Make it real to you. Let's stand for invitation. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.